Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. Good morning and welcome to Hillside Assembly. My name is Eric and I am the lead pastor here. If you're visiting us for the first time this morning, welcome. And we'd love for you to stop by a table in our foyer before you leave the church today to pick up your free gift. If you're visiting us online, we'd love for you to check out our webpage, hillsideassembly.org. You'll find lots of information, how you can connect with the church and other materials to help you in your walk with Christ. At the end of service today, one of our worship leaders will pray over the offering, and then you can give in one of two ways. You can give your tithe and offerings in our giving box in our foyer, or you can go to our webpage, again, at hillsideassembly.org, click on the Giving tab, and you can give online there. I'm going to now turn this over to one of our worship leaders this morning to give you a little more information and also to kickstart our worship experience. Have a wonderful day. Happy 4th of July, Hillside. God bless you. Okay, are you ready for a little quiz? Here we go. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What document is this from? Anybody? Could I... The Declaration of Independence signed on July 4th, 1776. Amen. Number two. Okay, one, one answer per person. Some of you were good at history. I wasn't. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. What document does that come from? What U.S. document? The Constitution. The Constitution signed in 1787. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And Dean, what had you said? Dean, did you say the Bill of Rights, which was signed in 1789? So this morning, uh, we'd like to sing a little uh, patriotic melody, This is My Country, and God Bless America. We got the marching band in town. 
God the glory for this great country we live in today. Pastor, would you come this morning? And just so you know, Pastor's going to be leaving early today. It's not because he doesn't like us, but his daughter is getting married today. And Absolutely. he's giving her away. Yes. I have a couple announcements. Real, or no? Okay. So, just a couple announcements for um, children's ministry. There has been a program at the Emmanuel Church, and it's called School of Rock. And our good friend Owen has been going there for three weeks, and they're going to be putting a concert on on Wednesday night at 6.30, and we are all invited. So the other thing I need to tell you is this year VBS is in person, woohoo! but we are doing it a little different. We're doing a three-day and a three-day. We're not taking any walk-ins. Everything has to be done online and registered ahead of time. So please let me know if you need help with that. And the big question is, when is the BGMC collection? September 12th, that weekend, is the big epic collection weekend. So we will be doing that. And we have some very important things we're going to be doing here. We're going to, I think, do a drive-in on that Friday. And we're going to sell some brats and hot dogs. And we're going to have some missionaries here to uh, help us out. So that is my announcements. Thank you, kind sir. Have a great wedding. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was talking to some of you at camp this week, and I said, oh, next Sunday at noon, my wife, is, I mean, my daughter is getting married. I thought, somebody says, about time you guys got married. <laughs> Make it legal. Well, we had great camp. Saw some of you there many times. Great camp. It's one of the best I've been to in a long time. Didn't have one last year, so this is good. Great speakers. I, I learned things that I needed to learn and kind of I was talking to Dale. I said, I didn't like you. Dale was our morning, our evening speaker. I've known Dale since he was a kid. I said, Dale, I liked you until you started stepping on my toes during your sermon. And so I said, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> so it was great. Uh, well, Pastor Eric is halfway through his sabbatical. I hope he doesn't say, oh, it's half over. No, you got half to come yet. So and they're having fun. They're catching fish, and they've got a dog. And I've been following a little bit online to see what's going on there. Uh, it was already mentioned, I, you know, people 
come to your house if you have them for a meal, and they, don't you hate it when they eat and run? Well, I'm going to preach and run. This, the schedule here is, is one I've never seen before, but I kind of like it, where the sermon is way up front in the service, and uh, that gives me a chance to get out of here <laughs> earlier. I got to get up to uh, uh, New London at noon, and... Uh, I'm giving my daughter away. Our grandson's walking my wife down the aisle. So he, they're already over there with a cake this big that I could hardly carry out of the bakery. It's so heavy. So, Well, Billy Graham, this is not a true story, I'm sure, but it's funny. Billy Graham, uh, before he died, he went to visit a rest home. I guess he'd have to do it before he died because it would be hard after he died, but anyway. He went to this rest home near where he lived to cheer up some of the old people. And he went into the first room and he leans over. This old guy's laying in bed. He said, Billy Graham said, do you know who I am? The man looked up and didn't say anything. Billy Graham says, do you know who I am? The guy said, no, I don't. But if you go to the nurse's station, they'll tell you who you are. <laughs> okay. If I tell too many jokes, I'll never get out of here, right? I got another one. I'll wait till next week. Um, I love the choruses we just sang. Mike, I like what you read. I thought, I'm going to read a little bit of that. That's why he showed me ahead of time what he had, so I didn't want to be a part of the contest because I, I probably wouldn't have known exactly where those things came from either, but they're all familiar to me. We talk about this nation. You know, blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. And so let's, I want us to read a couple of verses from Psalm 33, starting at verse 8, uh, deals with this. Let all the earth fear the Lord, and all the people of the world serve him. That was God's goal from day one. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord foils the plans of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. Amen. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chose for his inheritance. Blessed is a nation. You know, everybody worships something. Isn't it interesting? And we've heard this for, for decades that since we're created in the image of God, God created what we call a, a God-shaped vacuum inside of us. Everybody has it because everybody was created in the image of God. What we've done with it is up to us, but that's how God started it. Everybody worships something. In some countries, it's Buddha or Muhammad or uh, millions of idols probably around the world, or at least thousands for sure. They, they worship something. You know, about 10, 20 years ago, we used to f hear about some, some people discovered a tribe so remote somewhere that they had no outside influence ever. And they've got something, they're worshiping something. What, where does that come from? God put that in us. Now, a lot of people went haywire on that whole thing. Even Israel at times had idols. Can't imagine that, but they did. Knowing God going through the Red Sea, having all those signs at Egypt, the plagues and water out of rocks and 
still sometimes they had to build a golden calf once. I mean, people, God put in everybody a, a need to worship him. If we don't find him, we'll find something else to worship. And, and so I want to talk about this, how we started as a nation. And, you know, I, I, I like the patriotic spirit. I like the American spirit. On top of that, I like the Holy Spirit as our nation started, blessed by God. A lot of our people came here originally, many of them, not all of them, for spiritual freedom, to be able to worship God the way they thought they should. And, and God honored that way back in the day. And, and God is still honoring that. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You know, the word here for God is Elohim. The word for the Lord is, is Jehovah. Blessed is the nation whose Elohim is Jehovah, not something else. Some people worship themselves. Atheists, I guess, do. Some people worship Satan. That's kind of a growing cult in our, in our nation now. Satanism, witchcraft, and there's a reason for some of that. God put in us a desire for the supernatural, for him. And it, if people don't find God, and the further away from God is they find something else. A lot of people like the supernatural. They found it somewhere else on the dark side often. We heard at camp one night, I think it was... I don't know which night it was. They had all the people 23 and older come down to the altar and talked about how, uh, 23 and younger, otherwise I'd have been down there. <laughs> I was sitting by Ron Held, who's three weeks older than I am. I said, Ron, aren't you going down there? <laughs> but he talked about this generation Z. They're more, more interested in the supernatural, not not religion so much, but they're, they're, they want to see something. Where's go, where, where are things happening? Where's the, where are the miracles? I mean, God put that in us. People want to see, we're seeing more people in witchcraft and seances, and they want the supernatural. God wants to bless us to have his gifts through us to show our nation in these last days where the real God is. Jehovah, Jehovah, Elohim is Jehovah. Well, the best form of government on earth now is democracy. That's not the real best form of government. The best form of government is a holy, righteous, benevolent dictator. That's God. God's not going to put stuff up for voting when we get to heaven. How many want to worship me today? How many don't want to worship me today? No, no, he's not going to do that. A benevolent, loving Never made a mistake, never sinned, dictator. Well, we'll have that someday soon, but it's not here yet. People came. You read some of the early documents. I'm going to read some in a couple minutes. Talking about fasting and prayer, repentance. These were things coming out of our government, out of uh, the Supreme Court, out of Congress back in the beginning of our country. And we need to get back to some of that again today. Uh, if you're 25 or older, you surely remember 9-11. That's about 20 years ago now, 2001. If you were old enough to know what that meant, you'll never forget it. And I'm just wondering if God's not saying, come on, country, wake up. That's the first time we've had any kind of war on our continent. They've always been somewhere else. All of a sudden, now it came home. I'll never forget what I saw a day or two after 
I still have a mental picture of seeing members of the House, members of the Senate, Democrat, Republican, standing on the steps of the Capitol singing God Bless America. I'd like to see that again, wouldn't you? <laughs> Remember Fonzie? Fonzie yesterday said this. Uh, he's a good buddy of mine. He lives down the street, you know. <laughs> he said, we're going to have to have another cataclysm to bring unity to our country, which is probably true. And, of course, the liberal press is already knocking him for saying that. But 9-11 kind of brought us back to God for a little bit. All of a sudden, we're, we, we need something better, bigger than ourselves. We need to worship God. And that happened for a bit, and I... Don't know what's going to happen again, but, you know, as I mentioned last Sunday, I've been digging out through hundreds of pages of documents from 1776 and a couple years here and take before or after that event, just trying to find out what some of these people did and said, and I wrote some of them down. Finally, I, as I said last Sunday, I got tired of looking page, so I got my computer with the help of my grandson, to find certain words. Sin, prayer, fasting, repentance. And I came up with some of these. The Declaration of Independence. We just heard something about that. In there is God entitled them, endowed by their creative, appealing, appealing to the supreme of the world. The Bill of Rights, as you read, Congress shall have no laws, respecting or establishment of religion, or prohibiting, forget that part, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. And our country is now prohibiting. You've got to be watch where you put even a manger scene. It's going to offend somebody here. Uh, I read the other day some valedictorian girl was giving her speech at graduation, and she started to share a little bit about her faith in God, and they pulled the plug. Shut her down. We, don't, we can't have that. It's, it's amazing how far off we can get from some of these things, you know. Some of the early documents from Congress, this is March 20th, 1779. Uh, first Thursday in May, this is, what, this is what Congress said, the first Thursday in May of fasting, humiliation, and prayer to Almighty God, repent of our sins. He will be the husband to the widow. You're quoting scripture. Father to the fatherless, give us peace of mind which the world cannot give. That's Congress said that at the beginning. I mean, a lot of our people came here for religious freedoms, and God blessed that and honored that as our country was formed. 28 documents talked of God. 30 talked about religion. Congress said this, December 11, 1776, about the war against Great Britain, that it be recommended, Congress said this, to all states as soon as possible to appoint a day of solemn fasting and humiliation to implore of the Almighty God the forgiveness of our many sins. Wow. Congress. Congress now is committing all those sins and whatever. I shouldn't have said that anymore. Erase that from the... <laughs> Here's some of the following phrases that my computer picked out from the Constitutional Congress and they're from their conventions from 1774 to 1789. Here's some of the phrases. By the grace of God, so help me God, in the presence of Almighty God, which God forbid 
that all men have a natural and inalienable right to worship Almighty God. So may Almighty God help us, the follower of the merciful Jesus. Even Jesus got in there. Hallelujah. That's where we came from. Thomas Jefferson said this, the Bible is a cornerstone of the American liberty. The Declaration of Independence includes the words, with a firm reliance on divine providence. William Penn, if we're not governed by God, we'll be governed by tyrants. It's kind of happening, folks, you know. We strayed too far from where we started. Of the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence, 32 had a close and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They're rewriting history now all the time and saying none of those people were religious, none of those people were... That's not true. 32 had a personal, close relation. They just weren't kind of religious. They were committed to Jesus. Uh, ben Franklin, I believe in only one God, the creator of the universe, and he ought to be worshipped. The first Congress said this, 1774. We weren't quite a nation yet. And this prayer is recorded. O oh Lord, our Heavenly Father, we are dependent on Thee. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, thy son and our savior. The last one is Abraham Lincoln. Only those who are blessed, whose God is the Lord. And I just grabbed this out of the Sunday morning paper this morning. This is the Appleton Post Crescent. Here's a full page ad. This man does this every year. For decades, I guess, I don't know. I've seen it many times. It's a whole thing about, it's kind of, kind, of, kind of some of the things I read this morning and others. The guy, his name is David Green. He's the founder of Hobby Lobby. Committed man of God. He's given, I remember a couple years ago, he gave $80 million to Old Roberts University to bail him out of debt. Uh, a number of years ago, he bought a, a, a campus for the Assemblies of the Bible School out east. Bought the whole thing. I mean, this man is a man of God. He's given away hundreds and hundreds of maybe billions by now. But he, he prints this. I'm not going to read this whole thing. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad I got a wedding today? <laughs> George Washington. Just, I'll just read a couple of things. I just looked at this briefly before I left today. It's a duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection. There's another one here from uh, our first Supreme Court Justice. The Bible is the best of all books. And it gets a little blurry here, so I'm... It's not that I'm getting old, it's just blurry. <laughs> the Bible is the best of all books. God and teachers teaches us to pray, to be happy in this world. Yeah. And in the next, continued, I can't read it, but it's, they're all there. I mean, here's, here's a man, if, he get, if this thing gets into the Appleton paper, I can imagine how many papers this gets into. I mean, Apple is not... The, the biggest metropolis around. And he's, he's trying to bring us back to where we started. It's kind of back to the future type thing. It's interesting. All these documents. You know, in, in some of the early battles that we were fighting for independence, 
there were some, some pitiful places where if somebody didn't do or say exactly what they did at that exact time, the battle would have gone completely the opposite direction. I think God was evident, raising up a nation. This nation was going to be, nobody knew it then, God did, the largest missionary sending nation in the world. One of the few, sometimes one of the only nations that would back Israel. And God's, God's honored that and blessed that. We need to keep doing that as a nation because God was in all that. Now, in spite of all the things that are happening and the wars, we've had a lot of stuff in the last 50 years. Uh, Vietnam, we had Gulf Wars, we've been in Iran and Iraq, we've been in Afghanistan and kind of pulling out of there as we speak today. Then uh, they had 9-11 and a lot of terrorism and a lot of angry people in this country. The more we stray from the, the God, blessed is a nation, blessed is a church, blessed is a, are the people whose God is the Lord, not something else. The farther we, we stray from that, the worse we get. And uh, they interviewed some organization, interviewed high school students in Washington, D.C. this week, asking them about our country. And a lot of those kids say, I'm ashamed to be called an American. They're buying up all this stuff that's been blasted out there from liberal, far liberal sources. And I'm ashamed to be an American, I thought. Some of these students that have come over from other countries, some gal from China is in our country, said, I wish you could see what we had, you know. And here you are, all dressed in the latest stuff, all the conveniences, and you hate America. I mean, there's something going on in our country. The farther we get from God, the worse things become, and it's kind of happening right now. You know, 9-11 kind of woke us up, I hope. COVID. COVID's getting us ready for the Antichrist. I mean, so easily did we give up our rights. You can't go to church. You can't assemble. You can't do this. You can't, I mean, some guy just says you can't, and we all, okay, okay. You can't come in here without a mask. I'm, I'm right. I got a mask. I, I come prepared. You never know where you're going to be. <laughs> um, but how easily we gave up our rights, that's a trial run. It's a trial run for what's coming. And our nation had more deaths from COVID for its size than most any nation on earth. I mean, it's interesting. I think God's kind of saying, why don't you come back to me? Why don't you come back to worshiping me and, and serving me? Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Uh, there's a lot of things going. I don't know what to do about a lot of things. I don't know what to do about COVID and terrorism and floods and hurricanes. But, you know, God does. Now, I want us to look at the next portion of Scripture, 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 3. I urge. He's not just saying, this is kind of a good idea, take it or leave it. No. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings, for all those in authority, that we may live peaceable and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. And notice, notice now what this says. This is good and pleases God our Savior. Just leave that up there for a minute. It's interesting when Paul said these words. This book of Timothy was written in 65 A.D., 
that, day is, that date is significant because the Roman emperor over all this, his, their empire was Nero. Now Nero reigned from 60, 37 to 68 AD. So 65 is right there when he was reigning. He was a, he was a, a Hitler of his day, kind of. I mean, what Nero did for his entertainment, he had these beautiful gardens. You can imagine Rome could put on whatever they Beautiful gardens. When he had garden parties, he would take Christians, put a pole through them, cover them with tar, and put the pole up and light it on fire. Can you imagine a man that has a garden party with Christians writhing and screaming out, and, and that was entertainment. I mean, that's the Nero that he said, you know, we should pray for them. And I guess, you know, I said somewhere recently, that I, I pray for Nancy Pelosi. Somebody said, which way are you praying? I said, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm praying she gets saved. I want her burning in hell. I mean, but he's telling us to pray for these people. And it's easy for us to do kind of the opposite. You know, it's easy for us to do. And there's nothing wrong with this. Writing letters to a congressman, alderman, that's good. Signing a petition, sometimes marching somewhere, that's okay. And sometimes we just like to sit around, myself included, with a bunch of friends, moaning and growing and complaining and talking about, ain't it awful? You know? And we do, I do that, and we do that. And this is what we're supposed to do, okay? And I'll probably sit around and moan and groan to you once in a while and say, ain't it awful? But and I may, may sign a petition sometime. I may write a letter, but God told me to do this. And it, what's interesting about this, he said, this is good. I mean, if, if God says this is good, why wouldn't I want to do that? Right. I mean, God said that himself, this is good and it pleases God. I want to do that. I mean, a lot of stuff we do is it's good, okay, nothing wrong. But this says, God says, this is good and it pleases me when you do this. And he's talking about Christians who had to live under Nero. Wow. Uh, I want to be one of those that does this sort of a thing. and says, God, I want to trust you. I want, I, want to, I want our country to come back to where we started from. Do you realize that there are enough born-again, Pentecostal, charismatics, born-again Christians, millions, maybe 30 million in this country, that could turn this whole thing around if we wanted to? We could. 10 million people fasting and praying for our... It's amazing what could happen. If God's people would do these things, and I, I, I'm talking to myself, if, if I said this many times, if my sermons don't speak to me, I'm not going to preach them. Uh, I'm not just saying, all you people get, rid of, get with it, okay? <laughs> I need to get with it too. I want to stay with it. I want to do what God says. This is what God says. This is what God says. This is good, and it pleases me to do these things. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Let's look at 2 Chronicles 7.14, which all of us probably know by heart. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and heal their land. Now just look at this for a minute. 
He's not writing this to the Philistines or the Canaanites or the Hivites or the Jebusites, all these. He, who's he writing this to? My people who are called by my name. Guess what? That's us. You know, people say, oh, man, I wish, wish all these sinners would repent. I wish these evil forces in, in our country would just repent. Well, that's never going to happen. Revival never starts out there, okay? Revival starts here. Every revival has started with God's people. So he's saying, if my people, that's me, who are called by my name, that's, that's me, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then we'll hear from heaven. We'll forgive the sins and they'll heal our land. You see, when we do our part, God brings the healing to the land. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. My people, my people. Came across this. My daughter-in-law sent me this. <clears throat> Someone has said, if Christians really understood the full extent of the power we have available through prayer, we might be speechless. Did you know that during World War II, there was an advisor to Churchill who organized a group of people who dropped what they were doing every day at the prescribed hour for one minute. Not an hour, one minute to collectively pray for the safety of England and its people and peace. There is now a group of people organizing the same thing in America. If you'd like to participate, all we have to do is just sign up anywhere, just send any money anywhere. You don't have to go online and try to figure out where to go. No. People just, here's what we do. Every evening at 8 o'clock Central Time, stop what you're doing, spend one minute praying for the safety of the United States, our troops, our citizens, for the return of a godly nation. If you have a smartphone, set an alarm, it goes off at 8 o'clock every night for one minute. Pass this on to other people. I thought, you know, that's a, that's a good idea. Uh, I mean, if you're trying to watch a program that starts at 8, the first minute is a bunch of junk anyways, advertisements, and take that minute. God, bless our country. Bring conviction. I want to be humble. I want to repent of my sins. I want to call on your name, because then, Lord, only you can heal our land. I can't, we can do whatever we want, talk, but only God can heal our land. And so I think if we just do what God asks us to do, it's amazing how things can work. And he, he, he promised these things. Okay, this isn't something we came up with on our own. You know, Rip, the population of Ripon is 7,800 as of last night. Maybe it's more now, I don't know. Okay. Well, PAC is about 6,000. Um, we're not big cities. It's easy for us to kind of get lost in our cocoon. I like, I like our cocoon. Smaller cities, out away from other stuff. You know, I'm glad I don't have to live in Chicago where every weekend they kill three to ten people. Portland, Oregon, I, uh, last Sunday, Lynette Hagenbeck was here. She said, our state's still closed down. People are running, leaving Portland because of all this stuff and they won't stop. I mean, I, I don't want to live in those places. I don't. I don't want to live in Los Angeles. I don't want to live in Chicago. I don't want to live in Portland. Um, 
We're in, we're in our little cocoons, and I like it there. It's easy. Well, all this stuff isn't gonna, it doesn't bother me a whole lot because it's not here at my, nobody's coming down the front of my street with a rifle. And it's easy kind of just to relax in that safety, which is okay, but it doesn't, it doesn't exempt me from fighting for America and fighting for God to come back and for God to forgive us, for God to send revival, to sweep. Can you imagine what God could do in one of these big cities in a, in a move of revival to sweep over that city? It's happened in the past. People were falling on the streets in repentance. Knew nothing about God, didn't know what was going on. They're repenting of their sin. I mean, that could happen. It's happened before. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it could. And it really depends upon us to do that part of ours. You know, the population of the world, as of last night, <laughs> 7.8 billion. Um, it's amazing we can find out and just click, you know, hey, tell me this. And 1.4 billion in China, 1.4 billion in India. In India. Just those two countries make up almost a third of the world. If we were born there, we maybe would have never heard the name Jesus. Here we are, we've heard it. And God's blessed us and God's blessed our country. With all of our sins and our problems and our failures, it's still a pretty good place to live, America. And I, I just want to get back to what God said he wanted to do here. I want us to go back to 1 Timothy again just for a second and look at that verse. This is our assignment. Okay, this is our assignment until Jesus comes back, okay? Not just for a week. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, okay, sign petitions, prayers, pray, intercede, and thanksgiving made for all people. Then he tells us kind of who? Kings, those in authority. We have people in authority in our countries, in our counties, in our state. We may or may not have voted for them, but they're not quite as... Bad as Nero, some of them. Pray for the king, those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good. <laughs> and it pleases God, our Savior. I want to do something that's good. Amen. I want to do something God says, you know what? That pleases me when you do that. And so that's kind of our assignment as we are here till we croak. Okay? I'm closer to croaking than a lot of you are, so. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I, I, I know I'm croaking soon, but I'm, I'm serious about this. Um, I want to do more of this, okay? I've seen those scriptures before. I'm, I, I'm sure I preached on these scriptures here and there and everywhere, probably here six years ago. I don't know. I want, I want to do it. I, and I, Lord, I pray you'll help us to be your people, if my people, that's, that's me, who are called by my name, that's us. Lord, we need to humble ourselves, pray, confess our sins. Lord, we're not perfect. And we call on you, and the Lord, we can't heal our land, but you can. And Lord, I know you want to. You don't want anybody to perish, but all to come to repentance. So Lord, just help us to be our little part of this solution that you've told us about in Scripture, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, you come as I escape, okay? I've never done this before, but it's not too often I have a relative getting married on Sunday, okay? Walk with God, and I'll see you next weekend.
Thanks, Pastor, for bringing the fireworks. Hallelujah. Jesus. And as Pastor alluded to, so many things, and, and there are spiritual parallels, too. Uh, let's talk about the, the freedom and the liberty that we have, according to the Bible. John 8, 36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen? 2 Corinthians 3.17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty, depending on your translation, where the Spirit of the Lord is. And Galatians 5.13, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Amen. That's from the words of the Bible. Would you stand with us this morning? Who am I that the highest king would But he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I am. Free at last, free at last, he has ransomed me, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died. Sunset.
Shout. 
Savior. above, seated above, enthroned in the Father's love, destined to die, pour out for all mankind, God's only Son, perfect and spotless one. sin, but suffered as if he
Overcome again, we will overcome. We will overcome, amen. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, everyone just to give God applause, which the speaker said he doesn't really need. But we are giving applause as a sign of victory. Psalm 47, I believe, says, Shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of victory. Can we just give a shout of victory this morning? Are we ready? People of God, let's give a shout. Hallelujah, we thank you, Lord. Let's give a clap offering and a shout of praise and sing Savior one more time. Savior, you're worthy of honor and glory, worthy of all our praise. 
Hallelujah. Can we give the, loud, uh, the Lord another clap victory, you, a clap of victory? Thank you for that prophetic word. People of God, just receive that into our hearts as the Holy Spirit has given us a prophetic word and uh, speaking some of uh, the words out of uh, the Bible. We thank you, Jesus. And uh, we'd just like to say, if you'd like to give this morning, there's the uh, offering box out in the foyer. You can give online as well. And uh, in dismissal, I'd just like to echo the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. And then you may be dismissed. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen, people of God. God bless you and happy 4th of July.